I had a conversation with myself. It was, Carla, you either get off your butt and you do this, or you flush the idea and you divorce yourself from it. Are you ready? Hey there, and welcome to Get Off the Bench, where we talk success, business, life, and how you can make your dreams into reality. Your coach is an international speaker, published author, business, and speaking coach, known to his audiences as the Speaker Man. His dream is to move you from the bench to the starting lineup of life. And here we are again, 47 yard try, his longest attempt at a game. He has business quick. Your man, this is your Kodak moment. Hey, did you hear that? The game is about to start, and you need to get ready to get in the game. Here's your coach, Mark Wiggins. Hey, everybody. It's me, Mark Wiggins. Welcome to Off the Bench with Mark Wiggins. I am your host, who? Mark Wiggins. And today, we are very honored and blessed to have with us a guest who is, uh, you seem to have done more than most. Um, she's an author and a trainer and has so have it. She's also retired United States Air Force Colonel Carla Bass. Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. Well, glad to have you. Carla, um, as you know, oh, you don't know, but my, my, my listeners know I don't do bios. I don't like reading them. I don't like mine read. I just rather we hear from you, tell us what you want us to know, and then get right into the conversation. So tell us who you are, how'd you get to this moment right here? Sure. I, uh, who I am, I'm the, I'm the daughter of an Air Force family. I had decided in seventh grade I was going to go Air Force Intelligence. Uh, long story there, I won't share it now. Uh, um, my father gave me, he was, he was Air Force also, three pieces of advice when he commissioned me. One, keep your sense of humor. Two, stay focused on the mission. Three, take care of people. That part is critical to my journey. When I was a lieutenant colonel, I was a squadron commander in Hawaii. I had a, a fabulous unit of 480 really talented young men and women. When I arrived at that unit, it was the most losing unit in the state for the quarterly and annual professional awards, which meant some really talented people were being harmed career-wise because their work wasn't being duly recognized. I discovered the reason it was the most losing unit is the supervisors, tried as they may, could not write winning nomination packages. So I had to fix it because these, these folks, you don't win the nominations. I mean, the awards, you don't get the promotions. You don't get the promotions. No pay raise. Can't send the kids to college. So there were lots of ramifications because mm. your boss couldn't write well. So that's where I took three days personal vacation. I hid myself in a beach cabin, and, and I developed my writing methodology. I, it turned it into about a 20-page tactical handbook. I taught my guys how to write, and we began sweeping the awards. Um, so it was almost overnight that, that once they learned how to tell the proper story, everything changed. And that's where I developed my battle cry, which is so true, powerful writing changes lives because it does it it actually changed mine i ended up teaching that methodology for the next 15 years wherever my assignments took me word sculpting followed 
And then when I retired, because I'd received so many testimonials from people, that's why I wrote the book. So that's that's how that's how taking care of people, my Air Force family, propelled me through my career, and and that's where I am now. Oh, that is amazing. Uh, first of all, thank you for your service and your father's for his service as well. Um, my father served in the Air Force as well um, early early on. And he wanted me to go that direction, and, and I chose sports. Uh, however, if I didn't make, uh, I got a, a scholarship to go to play basketball, I did say that if I didn't get that scholarship, I would have joined and gone to the Air Force. Um, but that is huge impact. What you're talking about is leadership. And people sometimes don't have a good concept of what leadership is. You saw a, a, a gap, and you saw what the issue was, and you saw how could it fix it, and you jumped in and began to give people what they didn't have to, so they could become better. Not so you could become better and get all this recognition. You did it to help people, which is one of the tenets your father gave you. I think that is commendable. A lot of, a lot of leaders don't have that, that uh, skill set. Well, the, the other lesson that I took from that experience, and I have shared it ever since, is if you ask anybody, name, say, three qualities, if you were to invent the perfect boss, uh, and we all instinctively know how we would like to be led. Name the three qualities. It's usually communication, maybe uh, recognizing and taking care of people, all sorts of qualities. Rarely will somebody ever say, I want a boss who can write well. <laughs> and if you think about it, seriously, if you think about it, and that's one of my, my major premises now is, Powerful writing is a is a key leadership skill because if you can't a you can't take care of your people as I demonstrated b you can't effectively um, um, uh, lobby for more resources you can't effectively defend the resources you have you can't market your products there's so many things you can't do as a leader if you're not able to tell a powerful story so that's so beyond taking care of people, there are so many other applications for powerful writing that are integral to good leadership. Those are great points, great points. And so when you find these great leaders out there, and how, how, how could they become great? Let me rephrase the question. How could they become great and not have this skill set, which seems to be such a necessity? Well, they may have staff members who, speech writers, you know, my, my father helped a lot of folks. Uh, he was he was an executive officer, and, and years after he passed, they would have, I would, general officers would come and say, Carly, you have no idea how many careers your father enhanced because he was able, he was able to, to take inputs to OERs and, you know, legitimately strengthen them. Um, by, by making the writing more powerful, by asking the raiders to, can you explain more of the impact of this individual's accomplishments? So if the, the leader, him or herself, doesn't have that skill, then at least they would have a staff who does that could help, that could help them with that weak muscle. Mm. That's interesting. So now you've taken this skill set and you've trained countless, countless numbers of peoples and leaders in your career and you wrote your book, uh, Right to Influence. So talk about that whole process and, and why you decided to put this book out. Well, when, when I retire, I mean, this word sculpting and writing to influence, that, that is such a part of me. Since 1994, it, is, it has been part of who I am. And when I retired, 
I thought, okay, so do you do this? Do you not do it? And, and I would work on it just a little bit. For years, it was always eating at the back of my head. It just wouldn't go away. Mm. And, and so I, I had a conversation with myself. It was, Carla, you either get off your butt and you do this, or you flush the idea and you divorce yourself from it. I could not, I could not not do it, to use a double negative there, because I had seen and had been uh, received testimonials from so many people over the years that said, if it hadn't been for your class, I wouldn't have been able to. And it was only last year I received, last year, mind you, I received an email from a senior airman in, in that unit back in 1994. He said, Colonel Bass, you probably don't remember me, but I was a senior airman. I kept that handbook for, for 18 years, and I used it. It got me into officer's training school. I recently retired as an Air Force officer after 20 years, and now I'm the vice president of a defense corporation because you taught me how to write. Wow. Think about that. That's cra- that is crazy. That's some serious, long-reaching it, impact. It is, and that, that's why I had to continue the journey. Mm. So after I wrote the first book, then I launched a series of workshops. I teach corporations, uh, NGOs, government agencies. I'm an adjunct instructor at the National Intelligence University. So after two years of teaching all sorts of workshops, I developed uh, lots of new material and that's what constituted the second edition of the book. So now there's there's a chapter in there on, on grants, how to write elevator speeches, um, so many daily applications. But it all, you know, the journey, the journey continues. Exactly. And it's all about helping people. Now, have you have you done um, public speaking from your book? Have you been conferences, uh, keynotes? Uh, co- not keynotes, but conferences, seminars, uh, television interviews, uh, radio interviews. Um, I, uh, I developed a, a two-day class. Uh, this is pr- powerful writing for professionals that I, I deliver to a client in New York City and then also in Chicago. Um, I developed a, a full-day class for the U.S. Geological Survey. Uh, USGS and uh, and taught them in Denver, um, St. Louis, and their outfit here in in uh, in Reston, and these these particular workshops I tailor to the client's products. So, for example, USGS provided me their materials. So they said, okay, here's here's what we've been doing. It's not working. Can you help us? So, using their materials. I, I tailor my techniques, and I actually transform them, and, and, and so I show them, here's what you wrote, here's how I applied the writing techniques and strategies, and here's the final product. And, and I love watching people's reactions. It's, oh, I get it. <laughs> and and it's, it's so easy to learn. You just, you just need to be shown how. That, that's, that's incredible. I love the fact that you are um, going out and helping more people to to learn to write and influence those things. And that, me as a speaker, I like training speakers to pull their message together and have them click it because they, you know, they're all over the place and just haven't been refined. Uh, there aren't many classes you're going to take in college or whatever unless you go to a training course on how to speak effectively. But more importantly, how yeah, do you put this- your thoughts together to even make it become effective? And, and condense it. The, mm-hmm. the, key, the key is you have to use every single second 
you can't you can't have wasted words, wasted thoughts. It needs to be focused, direct, concise, and precise because people are busy. So whether you are writing um, or whether you're speaking to an audience, every single second has to count. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Carl, go back to your time in, in the Air Force and training people. Were they how how did they become open to your leadership style? What would you and what would you describe your leadership style to be? Um I, 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 empathy, empathy is, is another, is another really valuable characteristic. So I, I don't walk into a room and saying, y'all are rotten writers. Let me fix it. It's, it's open-handed. Let me help you. Um, and here's how you do it. Here's how you help yourself. And if it's, that's a disarming approach. So the whole idea is to, is to, um, if they understand that you're there to help them, then all of a sudden the defensive shields go down, and and they're they're willing and and receptive and grateful when it's when it's all done. So it's 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 empathy. Hmm. Yeah, empathy is a, is a good one. Definitely, empathy is a good one. I've seen it um, when it's not present. I've seen it when people are trying to get people to do new things and they don't. You know, you have to be flexible. Uh, you have to be flexible when you're dealing with people to try to get them to a level to produce for the good. And if you don't have that characteristic, it's, it's a challenge. It's definitely mm-hmm. a challenge. Now, in your current roles now, what are some of the things you have planned coming up? I know you said you have your training workshops. I see that sounds like it's an ongoing thing. Would you have any bigger plans coming for uh, for yourself? Well, uh I, I live out a little west of D.C., so the Centerville. I, I work very closely with um, with public libraries. That, you know, I, I I bring my products to them, and so the Centerville Public Library has just contracted with me to do um, four presentations. The first one will be in April. So and I'm talking off the top of my head now. It's April, July, August, and October. Or something. I'll put those on my website. We can talk about that later. But the, the main focus there is for, for folks already in, in businesses, for professional folks. So um, one of the workshops is it's a combination of resumes, job interviews, and the post-interview thank you note. And then um, um, I, I forget what the other two workshops are right now, but they're all focused on, on people in the workplace and how they can, how they can uh, better develop their professional skills. Of course, kids in high school are welcome to these things, too, mm-hmm. uh, because this type of, of writing, this type of thinking is not taught in academia uh, very often um, any longer. I say very often because I don't want to speak in generalities. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when, when you get graduates, even out of grad school going into the workplace, they're still writing fat. They're not writing skinny. And so the ability to communicate succinctly is one of the main characteristics or qualities that employers are seeking and our academic institutions aren't necessarily producing them. So anybody is welcome to these workshops. And then I've got the uh, two-day trip up into to New York and Chicago. That's, that's um, scheduled as well. Um, and that's, that's it right now. Well, yeah, for, for the listeners out here who are transitioning and uh, it's the first part of the year, first quarter, and they are everybody's upgrading their resume or touching resumes. What are like three quick tips you can give the listeners when it comes to their resume and trying to upgrade it? Okay. First of all, I'm going to focus on verbs. 
Um, let, let me, the, the, the next couple of things I'm going to read you were extracted from a single resume. This is how not to do it. Okay, you ready? All right. Responsible for, solely responsible for, provide coordination, responsible for, coordinates, provided support, utilizes best practices. First of all, um, those are those are say nothing verbs. So the number one mistake people make in uh, in resumes is they don't use hard hitting verbs such as developed, implemented, instituted, created, composed um, verbs that connote exactly what they did. The the ones that I read first, all those do is beg the question, what did you do? What did you contribute? You know, you don't want to write a resume that, that leaves the reader with questions. Um, the second is they they put in a lot of really unnecessary details. Um, for example, um, uh, uh, modified a logistics system by using, and then this, this bullet had four really long titles, of of uh, of IT systems, which are pretty much irrelevant to the point. Instead, the person could have said, modified the logistics system leveraging four keyware software capabilities without saying those, and then the impact uh, 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 improved job productivity by 30%, received a letter of commendation for the effort. So, so make sure make sure that you don't put in gibberish or unnecessary information into it. Another tip is to the the very top two lines, the opening lines of a resume, are the most critical. So explain very concisely not what you do, but what will be your benefit to the employer. How will the employer? Um, What's the justification? How can you improve the mission of the uh, the company that you're seeking to, um, to to hire onto? How can you benefit them? So that's where empathy comes in. Also, when you're writing anything, especially a resume, put yourself in the reader's shoes. Understand what the reader is looking for, and then write to that. Um, some of the talents that uh, or qualities that employers are seeking now are teamwork uh, and demonstrate that teamwork flexibility communication skills um, so so go through your experiences and try to highlight instances that demonstrate those capabilities that the employers are seeking hmm. another tip for resumes is uh, take a few minutes and, and actually study up on the company. Learn what their products are, their customers, their missions, and their values, and then do an inventory of yourself. What What is it that you have done? And then play a match game. Uh, correlate your accomplishments, your successes and experience with the company's missions and values and goals. And as you write your resume, correlate that so so it makes you stand out from the crowd. It also demonstrates that you had the initiative to study, um, to, to learn what the company does, and uh, and to tailor your resume to their needs. All right, so you just got a master class on how to how to uh, handle your resume and to write lean. And I heard get rid of fat. I heard write lean. Stop using so many words. 
uh, that that is amazing. Do you have like a uh, online course? Do you teach like on uh, Udemy or something at all? Is that something in your plans? Uh, that's my that's my next goal. So I do not have an online course. I do need to develop it. I intend to do it. I just haven't been able to get there yet. Understood. You would be amazing. Um, I'm sitting here taking notes as you speak. Let me look at my resume when I get off this interview. Um, just to double check those words. Nicely, um, nicely done. Um, so, Carla, what, you know, your next steps are you have the, the second edition of the book out. Uh, where can people get this book? Sure, it's, it's online. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, your basic o- uh, online. I'm not in the brick-and-mortar stores. Uh, my website is, is uh, www.writetoinfluence.net, N-E-T, writetoinfluence.net. Um, and I would like to point your readers specifically to, again, I'm, the whole I, I'm living, this is a calling now for me, is to help people. So go to my media page. On the media page, there are the, my previous podcasts, radio interviews, and so forth. At, and then there's a drop-down page. And on the drop-down page is all the articles that I've written um, that have been published either in in hard copy magazines or online. It covers a wealth of information like here's specifically how you write the post-interview thank you notes. Here's how, here's how employers should consider writing thank you notes to the interviewees. Um, because it's such a tight job market now, the employers are scrambling to find the, the, the talented people. Um, it's actually an employee's market right now. Anyway, so there's a, it's a whole virtual library of, of things that I've written in addition to the book that's available on that web page. College application essays is another big topic that I, I, I adore teaching high school kids. Here's, the, here's how you approach the college application essay, and it's really easy. You just have to know how to do it. That is a, that is a big market. Um, I have several friends who are working at Space uh, for college prep and taking tests and, of course, finding money and writing essay, but somehow or another I don't hear that as a forefront item. Although it's it's weighted a little bit more now than it used to be, the the, the ability to show yourself a rounded student um, that is a great you know, market space. Yep, and and all of these writing techniques also apply to uh, when the boss comes and says, "Okay, sigh, it's time for your annual appraisal. Please give me some input." Everybody, everybody instinctively ab- abhors that because it seems like bragging. And I, I tell people, it's not bragging. Own your success. Don't be modest. And it's so very easy to do that. that for, for input to your own, your own review, pretend that you're writing about a subordinate or you're writing it about a, a colleague who really deserves that promotion. So you're not, you're not thinking about me. You're, 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 it's almost like an out-of-body experience. But then keep track of what you've done as you do it. Keep a job diary and, and track the impacts. What happened as a result of each one of these things? Thinking in terms of the pebble in the pond, you, you, you accomplished it. What are the ripples that resulted from that pebble in the pond? What happened as a result of, of what you've done? And add specifics. Uh, details is another one of the strategies. You could say, was named employee of the month. Okay, that's fine. That's great. But employee of the month 
out of a 350-person organization the third time in a row. Mm -hmm. So details, details really help make a story pop, and they provide the reader um, um, a geographic vector. They provide the reader a mental yardstick to understand what it is that you've really accomplished and what you're trying to convey. That is that's some great tips right there. I'm going to steal your, your quote on your success. I'll give you credit for it, however. Um, I like quotes and words and motivational things and trying to help people just to, as I like to say in this podcast, to get you off the bench and into the starting lineup of life. So that is, those are some great words. Uh, uh, that being the case, that leads me into my question that I ask all my guests, and this has to be, I don't tell you what it is because I want your raw, unfiltered response to this. And the question simply I'm is I'm ready. This. The question is simply this. What do you do daily to stay in the starting lineup of life? What do you do daily to stay in the starting lineup of life? I start, and, and I apologize to any of your, I'm, I'll give it to you straight. I apologize to any of your, your reader or listeners who, who may not agree, but, but I start every day thanking the Lord for the opportunity to get out there and help people. And every day I say, thank you, you know, keep me safe, give me a safe to and from commute, um, but, but open doors, if you open doors, I promise I will, I will dart through them just as, as fast and hard as possible, and, and I conclude each day with that same kind of uh, expression of gratitude. Thank you for the opportunities, and, and you know, we'll start it again tomorrow. That is awesome, and, and no apologies necessary. It's surprisingly or not surprisingly the majority of people I ask that question to, there is some, some, some gratitude, prayer, thankfulness, meditation involved in it. So there's a strand, you know, success leaves clues. And if your um, spiritual walk, how is that broad enough? Your spiritual connection, like when I get too serious, it is, you know, if it's not connected to something stronger than greater than you, it's probably going to be a struggle for you. So you are not any different than the last, I don't know, 65, 75 guests I've interviewed who've said those phrases, and there is something to that. So I thank you for sharing uh, that with my audience. Um, uh, so you told us where you were. You told us where to find you. Is there anything else, lastly, you want to say before we wrap down the program? Um, the, the workshops. I, I, I adore teaching the workshops. So if anybody out there um, has need, you know, just contact me. These these workshops, it's, I don't get up and, and preach at you for two hours. They are interactive. It's like a fun ping-pong game. It's like Jeopardy. So just as you and I are, are having this kind of a chat, that's exactly how the workshops are. Um, the uh, It's done with a sense of humor. So going back to my dad's, my dad's second piece of advice about keep your sense of humor, that's how I teach this thing. And if you look at the book, the the cartoons in it, many of the many of the cartoons are, were created by a dear friend of mine who is a, a Disney certified artist. So the book itself is a lighthearted, conversational, good sense of humor. Um, so you know, the, the in there I I quote Mary Poppins: "A spoonful of sugar makes medicine go down." You know, mm. with every job that must be done, there's an element of fun. So you approach this thing from a an oblique angle with a good sense of humor, but a really practical application to improve your life or to improve your business, and that's what I'm all about. Well, again, uh, Colonel Bass, we thank you for your work. We thank you for your reach and your passion 
to basically have this movement to help people to write, to communicate better, and to write with influence. Uh, and that is all we have for today. Hey, everybody, remember to subscribe, like, and share this podcast with your friends. And uh, go back and listen to our guests and, and track them down. Go follow them on social media. Look for their courses, their books, and continue your education and connection with them so they can keep you in the starting line of life. And with that, as always, remember this. If you can reach your dreams with a stepladder, then they're probably too low. I'm out. Thank you for listening to Off the Bench with your coach, Mark Wiggins. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Speakerman87. And be sure to use the hashtag GetOffTheBench to let Mark know you're listening. When it comes to success, only you can give yourself the permission you need to have the success you desire. Now get off the bench and get in the game.